Bitty with it. I'm your co-host, Holly Stark. And I'm Mary Sorensen. And I'm so, so excited to bring you this episode today, guys. We've hyped it up a lot, honestly, on like our first episode. So we have Cameron Hewitt and Andrew Hopple joining us from Fired Up Podcast. This one's an exciting one. You're going to want to like, if you're driving somewhere, like long time, like this is a long one, but it's a goodie. Yeah, for sure. We um, had three pages of notes going into this and we kind of use like our notes as loose guidelines for our interviews. Obviously, we want to like flow with, you know, who we're interviewing. But I ended up scratching probably 15 of these questions because we just talked for so stinking long. Yeah, it's when you find people who are passionate about the same things, you kind of just get lost in that conversation. But we kind of dig into the mindset of like the male versus female perspective on things and just kind of the competitive edge that each of us have inside of us. Um, very excited for you guys to hear this. Yeah, for sure. And just a little background on who the heck we're interviewing today. So Cam, I used to work with him at Orange Theory. Um, and that's how I know him. And we worked at Orange Theory. He got hired like a couple months after I did. So pretty much my whole Orange Theory time, which was a year and a half, I knew him uh, or worked with him, I should say. Um, and him and I are like two peas in a pod. Like we just click very well together. And then I knew Andrew because obviously Cam and him are our best friends. And Andrew was working at Orange Theory, but down Southern Illinois. And then he moved back up here. And so I finally got to meet him and connect with him. So that's a little bit about like how I know them. Do you want to share a little bit too, Mary? Yeah, so funny story is that Holly actually shared their podcast with me when I was looking for motivational, wow, that wasn't a word, (laughs) motivational and inspirational like podcasts. And I started listening to it and I was like, wait, I know these people. Like I went to high school with them. I went to grade school and high school with Andrew and Cam and I went to high school together. So a little blast from the past. A little small world moment. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, super excited for you guys to listen to this one. We're definitely going to do a part two. And as you hear at the end, they want to have us on our podcast too. On their podcast. And sorry, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all about us, okay? Um, everything that we, you know, talk about in terms of like their their social medias and stuff like that, I'll leave in the show notes. So you guys can go check out their podcast, their Instagrams, everything like that. Definitely go follow them. They have very good perspectives on the entire industry and just great people. Yeah. And Andrew's very active on his Instagram. So you can get a lot of good like content and stuff from him over on his his Instagram. Not that Cam doesn't have good content. <laughs> He's just not as active. So <laughs> I hope you guys love this and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Enjoy. I don't know. I look like an idiot no matter what. So I just started recording. So that's a great intro. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to cut that out. So. Very cool. <laughs> Welcome back to Get Fitty With It. I'm your co-host Holly Stark. And I'm Mary Sorensen. And today we're joined by the men that we've hyped up so much on these podcasts. We're joined by the Fired Up podcast, Cam and Andrew. Welcome guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having us. So to get started, can you just share a little bit about who you guys are and what you're currently doing sort of currently at in life? Cam, please go first. I would love for you to go first. Dude, normally I feel like you're the leader of our little podcast. I was like, dude, I'll let Andrew take the lead on that. All right, cut that, splice it, send it to me later. <laughs> you can listen to it over and over again. Like, oh, Cam thinks I'm the leader. <laughs> um, no, so so what, the question was, where are we just at right now in life? Yeah. Yeah, who are you? What are you doing? Yeah. So, um, well, right now it's kind of funny. I, I'm, I have a fitness podcast, and yet I do not work in the fitness industry. So it feels like kind of like I'm a phony, but... Um, no, right now I just work a regular 
job, you know, but like <laughs> in my free time, it's like, I don't know, fitness is my biggest passion. Obviously, Andrew and I do the podcast. I love working out, looking into new things um, as far as fitness goes, not even like the physical side, but also just looking at the, the mental side and other things that are outside of the gym, which I feel like a lot of people ignore. So it's kind of funny, like there's certain points in my life where I'm like, okay, when I was working at Orange Theory, which is, I guess, how, how me and Holly know each other, at least. Um, it was all about like, oh, like how high can I get my heart rate? And now I'm like, I couldn't care less about that. It's more about like, oh, how do I get better sleep and all that stuff? So I guess that's where I'm kind of at right now. Working a regular job, but fitness is, and always will be like a huge part of my life. It's kind of like the, the base layer that I build everything else up on, which means quarantine has sucked because then it's like it's ripped out from under you so <laughs> awesome so for me i i guess yeah i'm co-host of fired up podcast that's a big thing that takes up actually we were just talking about that a lot of time that we do week by week just for fun um but i'm a fitness person i guess i would say i'm, a, I'm an unconventional fitness person where i grew up not thinking i could be a fitness person and then i kind of just made my career out of it so <laughs> I, I went out to prove myself wrong and I successfully did so. So I'm a personal trainer and um, general manager and partial owner of a, a different fitness, a group fitness company called Eat the Frog Fitness and we're based in Naperville. Um, but yeah, like Cam said, fitness is kind of like the base layer and then we just built everything else around it. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Thank I you. also feel like a phony though. So <laughs> I feel like we all do in this space. Yeah, that's what you got to be. I've, it was um, the imposter syndrome is what Cam and I talked about recently. It's mm -hmm. like, if you don't have a, a healthy amount of imposter syndrome, you're probably like full of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cam, you mentioned how you, you know, shifted out of working in the fitness industry. Can you talk a little bit about like how that shift has been for you and like, being that you were in fitness and working out and now you're, you know, quote unquote, not in fitness besides like, you know, the podcast, like how has that transition been for you into like, an, I don't want to say normal adult life because that's not the perceived normal adult life. Yeah. yeah right. Um, it's actually kind of sucked to be honest, because um, <laughs> it's, well, it's just one of those things when it's like, when you get to have a job where you're passionate about it and um, you, I don't know, like getting up at 3.30 in the morning to go coach, you know, first thing in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't care about doing this. Like, I love doing it. Um, and now getting up at that same hour to go to a job that I, I don't really care about. It's not like a horrible job or anything, but when you don't have that kind of internal drive to do good at your job because you really care about it, when you don't have that, it's just, it sucks. And it was a rough transition because not only the state where I didn't really know too many people and hopped around a bunch of jobs. And I was like, what is this? Like I was supposed to have a job lined up with a gym and that turned out to be a complete just cluster of a situation. Um, and then, yeah, just, it was a trial by fire of just getting job after job and being like, wow, this sucks. This sucks. Comparing it to what I, was doing at Orange Theory where I was like, wow, I love this job. I'm good at it. I have passion for it. And then you take all that away. And it has been, it's been a year of just getting dragged through the mud, <laughs> you know, but, um, but another thing you learn is like <clears throat> a job doesn't always have to be like 
a passion thing. Like for me, I've just accepted for the time being, for now, it's going to be something that provides insurance, a paycheck, steady, and you know, just stuff like that. It's more adult sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just learn that, you know, this is a season of life that I have to be okay with not being able to do my passion. Like I got to do that for a year. And there's some people that do their whole entire career and they never get to do that. They hate yeah. their job every day and then they retire. I at least got to do it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you still get to do like the fitness aspect of it. Like there's still passion there, but it's just not your job per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like finding fulfillment in that way through, you know, mine and Andrew's podcast, or I'm still working out. Like I still get to do the thing that I'm passionate about. I just don't get to share it with as many people like you're like you would in the actual gym setting, you know? So it's been rough, but there's been many, many lessons to be learned from it. So at least it hasn't gone completely to waste. I got that going for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And kind of speaking of your fitness journeys, can you guys tell us a little bit about like, you don't have to go into like every detail, but just like how your, your, you know, fitness has changed, how your training has changed over the years and sort of how you guys have arrived where you are now. Okay. Where, like where it started and stuff like that. Yeah, like I feel like so many people, you know, whether they're our age or younger, are like so hung up on like that, well, how do I get to X point? But it's like me and Mary, for instance, have went through so many phases of fitness. And yeah, like, for sure. Oh, sometimes it's like I worked out two days a week and other times I worked out seven days a week. So it's like we've all had these different journeys. And so just to hear like the more male perspective, because obviously we can't share that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of like how you guys have evolved in your fitness and also just got involved in fitness. In Cam general. and I actually love talking about this stuff. Like we talk about it all the freaking time. Really, any opportunity <laughs> to talk about myself, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> so narcissistic. We love it. Um, <laughs> for, for fitness, I think it's, it's funny for a lot of guys, um, particularly when you start out in fitness in high school, you're just trying to like impress girls most of the time. That's like 99% of thing. And you know, maybe today even no, but um, <laughs> it's, it like always starts off as very superficial. You're trying to impress other guys. You're trying to impress other girls and it, it kind of manipulates and changes, evolves itself into different things throughout different, you know, points of your life. Like you guys were saying. So for myself, it definitely kind of started off where I was like, man, I just, I don't even know what I was trying to do. I did, I had no idea, no clue, but I was trying to do something in the gym just to make some type of difference when I was in high school. But it wasn't until I was 19 when I, um, when Cam, Cam's famous, uh, it's, it's my famous stupid selfie that I took in the, in the, in the mirror and Cam loves talking about it where I have this like <laughs> dumb look on my face. I have like a bowl cut and I'm like <laughs> so uncomfortable with my shirt off. And I I took a a picture of myself and I was like, dude, you're so unhappy with where you are and what you look like and all that good stuff. Make a change and stop telling yourself you're just going to like do a little bit, just dive in. And it was from that point where I kind of completely dove into the idea of Andrew, you're going to become a fitness person, even though you don't believe that you can become what you want to become. Because I had grown up with the idea where, it's like my, my famous mindset that I had when I was a kid that I like to talk about because I think a lot of people have this is I didn't grow up with a very athletic family. Like my little sister was a baller and I sucked at basketball. Uh, 
but it's actually funny. Mary and I went to the same school <laughs> and we should throw that out there too. Yeah, we, we definitely what? did. What? Yeah. yeah. We went to elementary school together. So we, we know each other for a while, but um, anyways, my little sister was a baller and she was more athletic than I am. And I just grew up not having any self-belief that I could be a, a fitness person because I'd never been one. I'd never been athletic in my life. So I went into the, the gym at 19, unhappy with myself in that mindset where, dude, you're probably not going to be able to change too much about yourself, but let's just see what we can do. And I kind of like to preach the idea where today being, being a, a at least a, a kind of okay representation as to you can become whatever you want to be in fitness. It doesn't matter where you are, or what your genetics are or what you think you can accomplish or not. If you do the right things, you put the, the pluses and minuses in and you're consistent with what you're doing, you can become exactly or a very good representation as to what you want to be. So that's what I kind of, force myself to do, even though I didn't have that belief system initially. And it kind of transitioned into, as I started to see more progress over the first year, because I took like a, one of those dumb selfies in the, in the <laughs> mirror every month for the first year to prove to myself that things were changing. I like started to build that rapport with myself and I started to see changes. And I was like, dude, I was like, wow, we can actually change our life. Like, and that's something you hear all the time, but unless you start to do it yourself, I think it's hard to believe that. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to touch upon something before we go into cams. Um, you said something that like I can like highly relate to. So like Andrew said, like we went to the same elementary school. One of the biggest things was basketball. Like that was what our school is known for. Like, and I want to touch on kind of what you said where it's like, okay, your sister's a baller. Like you don't have a very athletic family, but I thought the same kind of thing where it's like, if I'm not good at a sport, if I'm not excelling at a sport, that means that I'm unathletic. And that's like kind of the mentality. Is that kind of what you're like trying to say is like, when you're not good at a sport, like you see yourself as like unathletic. I would, I would say, yeah, that's a, it's a good thing to point out, but also like, I love that program and that school is amazing, but there was specific, um, like, they were, they were, they said, Hey, I, I was using an example. I was used as a specific example as a kid where, Hey, Andrew, no hop over here. He hasn't been gifted with athletic ability and he will never I be athletic. <laughs> you what? I was yes, no exact same yeah. So I was, I was used as an example and then I was like, well, shit. Okay. Like that's who, <laughs> that's where I am. And that's like, you know, even though this, this program was so great and it gave me so many benefits, you know, I, I would say throughout my, my life and the mentalities and the, the practices that I learned from that, that definitely set me up for a not so, I guess, <laughs> successful early start to fitness, right? I had to break that mentality. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with everything that you said. Like the program was amazing. It gave me some of the best like life skills that I could have learned. But in that aspect, like I grew up thinking like, and I think a lot of people do is like, if you're not good at a sport, then you're not athletic. Like you can't be good at, you know, working out. So a lot of people just like give up on that and not yeah. just like from us, but like from any, you know, if you weren't in school sports or whatever through your life, then like you can't be like a workout person or like a fitness person. And Absolutely. So I really like that you like touched on that. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you made. And you're up. Yeah. So <laughs> 
For me, so I uh, I didn't even really do sports growing up. I did soccer, and I knew I sucked at it, and I was like, this is dumb. Um, so it was like the opposite. I wasn't like, oh, I love sports. I was like, ah, I'd rather play video games. But what ended up happening was, so like, okay, I think to a degree, like if you go through junior high and high school, at some point, like because kids at that age, they're all kind of assholes. Like you're going to run into a good amount. So like you're going to get teased a bit, you know, like whatever. And I wouldn't, I don't want to say that I got bullied excessively because I didn't, but you know, the general teasing for some reason, I think I was just more of a sensitive kid and it kind of bugged me a little more than it, than it probably should have. <clears throat> and then something really interesting happened. So my freshman year of high school, I, so I joined the gymnastics team and, uh, you know, I remember before gymnastics, we did a, like a pull-up um, contest in gym class. I think, I can't remember, I think Andrew and I were in the same gym class. It was either that year or sophomore year, but. Um, we were freshmen, which is like, I believe. If you're, if, okay, all, all the guys listening, and probably the girls too will relate to this. If you're in high school and you have to essentially do a feat of strength in front of a big group of your peers, <laughs> you will, like, man, you will never be more anxious and just like self-conscious in your life. So. The first, you know, the first time I did like, I think I got like three and a half or something. One season of gymnastics later, and you know, the, the teasing and the general stuff is still happening. One season of gymnastics later, all of a sudden I'm able to do, I think I did like 19 or 20. And I noticed that a lot of the, the teasing sort of stopped. And I also noticed that, you know, as I was becoming more active and working out more, my just sort of general anxiety about things would, it would temporarily kind of burn it off after a workout, be like, okay, I'm kind of more calm now. Like I'm good to go. And so I started kind of piecing a couple things together that, you know, the stronger I am and the, I guess the, the bigger muscles I have, the less people will want to pick on me. Cause I, I feel like with guys, there's always just like that underlying uh, threat level that it might just get physical. Like <laughs> there's always kind of like that, <laughs> that undertone. Right. But, but if you're, if both people know like, Hey, I'm the stronger of the two of us, if it gets to that base level, you're like, okay, I'll be fine. Um, and so really, for, I, I would say from then on until like the end of college, I used it as a confidence sort of thing. Like, okay, I have muscles that therefore I am like confident in myself, which, you know, shouldn't really be your, your long-term goal. You know, <laughs> I, I know that now. Um, but also it's like a huge, uh, huge anxiety, like release or however you want to put it. Um, like I think a lot of people are terrified of public speaking and I remember in eighth grade before I had to give a massive presentation I just went hard in a dodgeball game and I'm like oh hey like, I'm not I'm not anxious anymore like this is great right so that's when I kind of realized like hey fitness and just working out is a great like not only is it good for you but it also can do a lot of good things just mentally for you as well um, and you know of course there are other ways to deal with your issues and your anxiety you know you don't want to put a band-aid on it um one workout isn't going to make all the anxieties of of life go away um but then eventually i just i fell in love with the workouts for the sake of the workouts right and so that then when i be, you know went into the fitness space that was my entire goal i was like okay i might not be the most knowledgeable coach out there i might not be the best coach out there but if I can get these people to fall in love with fitness, then it's kind of like a bait and switch. Like, huh, I got you. You're doing fit. And now you're going to be more confident. It might help you with your anxiety. You're going to just have a better life. Right. So um, 
that's kind of like how I, how I got into it and, and why I still do it. Like sometimes I'll just, I work out for the sake of, you know, I'm stressed. I have a lot of anxiety in this particular day or week. Um, but then once you can kind of get beyond that too, then you can kind of think like, Oh, what's a, what's a goal I just want to work towards. You know, if you don't have a goal in your career or with a relationship that that's okay, at least make one in fitness. Right. And Andrew and I kind of talked about that. Um, like last year, our, our big thing was me deadlifting 400 pounds, which I didn't even get close to <laughs> and completely failed. Um, but things like that, you know, it's just, you, people need to always be challenged in some way. Um, we were actually just talking recently how if you aren't trying to grow in either a, a physical, emotional, relational, or spiritual way, then, then what are you doing? Then you're, then you're stagnant. Um, and I think working out has opened the key to those other parts of my life where I'm like, oh, if I can challenge myself physically, then how can I be better in this relationship or you know, with my connection with the world and a higher being, stuff like that, right? So, um, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell right there. <laughs> uh, before I go into my next question, I don't know what, why this made me think of it, Cam, but when you said something about making fitness fun, all I could think of is being in your orange chair class when you're on the treadmill and you're like, you should be at like a conversational pace. Like you could probably say like, Coach Cam is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those and like those little tidbits, like you can't be afraid to just kind of make fun of yourself and be like, okay, I might sound like an idiot, but if this makes someone kind of chuckle and they're like, okay, that was kind of funny. Then maybe they'll come back again and again and again. But oh yeah, I, I love those little one-liners. Those were, the, Andrew and I were just talking yesterday um, with yesterday being Halloween. I, he reposted something about uh, him being like a pirate or something like two years ago in Orange Theory. <laughs> And I messaged him. I'm like, dude, coaches who didn't dress up for Halloween were just complete cowards. And I, 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 <laughs> I love dressing up, dude. It makes it so much better. Cam would dress up like every Friday, like it was Halloween. Oh yeah, <laughs> Easter got it. Got a bunny onesie. Like, come on. But I think that that's Anything. like a valid point. Is that like I feel like so many people are so uncomfortable, like at the gym or doing these classes for the first time and things like that. It's like when you're in that position, and I know that like you don't work in fitness anymore, but it's like that's what like made me feel so good when I was a fitness consultant. It's like trying to break them of being uncomfortable at the gym. It's like mm -hmm. having that comfortability, making yourself look like an idiot because you're already like there. Like you're already like, oh, I love the gym. It's like trying to make that mm -hmm. for other people too. So I like love that, that you're like. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, I think there's a lot of coaches and fitness personalities out there that um, they try to put on this like fitness persona of like, oh, I am, I am disciplined and I, I have this amazing fortitude. I'm all these, all these things, which I'm sure to them feels really great because they're like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm hot shit. But when you look at other, like other people who aren't, as into fitness they look at that and it's it's completely unapproachable you're like oh man i'm not like that like i'm just getting started i'm like i'm weak i'm not fast i'm not confident but like they are like it's discouraging right so but if but if your coach is wearing a big dumb bunny costume it's like oh oh well if this idiot can, can do it so can i <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Switching gears a little bit, Andrew. Um, so Mary and I started this uh, challenge this year 
more feminine version of 75 hard, I would say. Like there's more spiritual aspects to it, which I understand the whole point of 75 hard is not to modify it. So I get that already, okay? Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Holly's coming out defensive right away. <laughs> but I know you're currently doing it. I know you share a lot on, you know, Fired Up already, but can you just tell us a little bit about your experience? I know you're getting near towards the end. I don't know what day you're on, but every yeah. day I see your Instagram posts and I always like them because I'm like, wow, I already failed at my challenge. <laughs> I'm, um, I think today's 51, 52 something like that. So we are official. I think today's 52. We're over two thirds of the way done. And I remember thinking on 25, I was like, man, I have two thirds of the way to go. And now we're on the better side of that. So that's pretty cool. Um, for 75 hard, it's not a specific fitness challenge or in itself, it, it has fitness components to it, but it's a consistency challenge, right? So the focuses are reading 10 pages of an applicable nonfiction um, book a day. So something that you can learn from, right? It's also to make sure you're drinking, you know, at least a gallon of water every day. You're getting two workouts in. So that's the fitness side. Of course, one of them has to be outside and both of them have to be at least 45 minutes long. On top of that, what else is there? What have I been doing every day? Oh, a progress picture and you have to follow a diet and not drink any alcohol, all that good stuff. So <laughs> it's been a very interesting um, thing to do for sure. And I've seen a lot of added benefits very quickly from it. Within the first few weeks, I could tell that I was like, man, what is going on uh, with myself? Not just physically, but I did see some pretty um, quick and drastic physical changes. It was a lot of mental and emotional and mindset which uh, happened very, very fast. So it's going very well and I've seen a lot of change, but back when uh, summer was still going on, I was going through a lot of changes for, for work, relationship, things like that. And I was at like, Cam can like vouch for this. I was at like a really just not so good uh, point in my life. And a friend was like, hey, you know, you wanna do 75 hard, a coworker of mine over at um, Eat the Frog. And I had been talking about 75 hard and trying to get Cam to do it for a while. And even though that isn't a good reason to not just jump in and do it, I wanted Cam to do it. And when I was offered it, cause I'm always the one who's like, Hey, let's do this stupid thing. And when somebody like says that to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to jump in, dive right in. So I dove in and it just completely out of those low points changed everything is so very fast where, like I said, the emotional, the, um, the mental and, uh, the, the physical aspects, I could see those, those tangible changes quickly. And that's, that's been really cool. That's awesome. Sorry. Her cat's meowing. He's going to join us for Tina talk. Good. That is a huge cat. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, we are all about inclusivity here and you just <laughs> shamed my cat. No, I'm just saying, I think your cat might need, is he okay? Which one is that? Is that, is that Tango? This is Tango. Aww. Um, so moving on, now that we've discussed my cat's body size. <laughs> uh, and I mentioned it a little bit and we're talking about 75 hard, but I feel like when people talk about 
wellness. It's so much on the, like the physical aspect and going to the gym or running or whatever you might do. And so for you guys, how do you tap into more of like mental and emotional? Like what are some things that you do to help that side? Because I talk about that a lot and I don't think like one of you were saying earlier, like I don't think people connect that you kind of have to work on all of your sides of, you know, quote unquote health. For sure. Not just physical. So can you guys talk about that, that a little bit? I think, I think Cam and I, I would agree on, on this, actually. All right, Cam, say what you're going to say. I'll see if I was right. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's like you, yeah, like you definitely don't want to be a one-dimensional sort of person. It's like, okay, you're, you're just fit. But then one of, the, one of my biggest things is, you know, when <laughs> – it's going to get a little dark here. But, like, when you are, when you are completely alone, you're, you're deep in your own thoughts, and you're just really – in your head thinking about your life, it is not gonna matter at all how much you bench press, how fast you run, all that stuff. Like that will all be put to the wayside. And then you will realize how how weak you actually are, even if you are physically strong. So, you know, that goes back to the the mental, spiritual side, um, the relation the relational side as well. Um, and I think one of the big things that that people can do is I think you need to find, I mean, and this is going to be different for kind of everyone, but I do think it's really important that in some capacity, you get tapped in with something that is bigger than yourself. Now, some people call that, you know, the the energy of the universe, they call it God, whatever, you can call it whatever you want. Um, But one of the biggest things I think that's going to do for you is it's going to make you incredibly humble because if you get really fit and you, you know, like, you know, you look good you are essentially going to put yourself up there. But then when you realize how frail and weak you actually are, then, then you have nothing. But if you do know that there's something out there that's kind of more in control than you ever could be, then when you are kind of falling apart, you're like, oh, well, it's not completely up to me to you know, make things work. Like the whole world doesn't ride on me having a six pack or being strong or whatever. <laughs> um, and another thing that Andrew and I, talk about all the time is it it always starts with a little thing so and this is okay so fitness is like you can be so dumb and still learn things from fitness that's why it works for me so if you do a small little goal all right let's say you just start walking every day right then then it, it escalates we'll take that same principle and put it towards a relationship so when when me and abby um were long distance i i kind of connected the dots i'm like okay what's something that's really small that i can do to enhance that relationship. I just literally took that fitness template and translated it, right? So I thought I'll call her one extra time every day. And doing that one little thing enhanced our relationship so much more. I actually started to, I get, I don't want, this is gonna sound weird, but I almost started to love her more because I was then putting in more effort. And you could do that same thing with, okay, what's one thing that I think would work for me spiritually that might just be you know trying to be quiet for the first 15 minutes of the day and just sit in silence right it's going to be kind of different for everyone but just just choose one small little thing and start doing it every day because think about this if okay holly i know that you're big into into meditation right imagine Mm -hmm. if someone's like okay i've never meditated before so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a a three-hour meditation not okay, <laughs> that's exactly. Well, and, and even if you do get a three-hour meditation done, are you going to do that every day? 
no, you're, you're probably going to get a super big high off that one and then you won't do it again for three months, right? So um, just finding one small thing in each of those categories that you can do sustainably and then scale it up, I think that's how you become more of a, a well-rounded person, but it's going to look different for everyone, right? Like um, I'm never going to do your eagle eradication, <laughs> your eagle eradication, right? Um, so yeah, and and freaking Google stuff, right? Like what yeah. what's a gratitude journaling thing you can do, or you know whatever, find find something that works for you. Yeah, it's good. That's so that's uh, exactly what I was going to say. The latter half of what you were um, talking about, where the most important thing, in my opinion, is the consistency and the discipline portion of it, because that's how we build, like I said, prior rapport with ourselves. And that's how we kind of create these new situations in our lives. So, I mean, Cam nailed it. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. And I feel like, like, uh, like on what you guys are saying, like the discipline portion of it, like you do need to grow that because I've made fun of myself because I would say it all the time. Like it's not motivation to get you to the gym. It's discipline. And it's like, well, I don't have that either. Like, <laughs> I don't have either. Like, people, you need to work on that. Like, it's not like, you don't just have discipline. Like you said, like you're working like 75 hard is probably taught you even more discipline than like you even knew before. And it's, it's growing those things and it's not through the physical aspect of health, but through everything else, like your mental yeah. health is a hundred percent the, the beginning of that. Cause I think that like going to the gym and going for a run, easy, easy part of your health, you know, the eating healthy, the mental portion of it, your spiritual aspect, like those are the things that are hard to grow. For sure. I would, I would agree. It's, it's trying to balance um, everything. And I'm reading a book right now, The Dichotomy of Leadership um, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. And that one's, it's kind of like circling, circulating around. It's pretty popular right now, but it's the, the concept of a dichotomy, the, the balancing equilibrium of two different things or a few different things is super important in, in this book. Um, and I think it, it applies also to fitness as well. So if we look at all the different parts of fitness, like we were just talking about, it's you're trying to not polarize one or another, but you're trying to find what you need to do and execute on it consistently and effectively and not compromising. Right. And that's how we see those progressions. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of like kind of what we were just talking about. So, you know, obviously my like spiritual mental side of things was like a slow burn. Like you were talking about cam, like I started one thing and worked myself up to all the weird things that I do. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that I found like, I guess tone setting for me is having some sort of like morning ritual or routine, whatever you wanna call it. So like for me, it's like meditation to set myself up for the day um, and just sort of having that quiet time with myself. Do you guys have anything like that where you like, it's something that's kind of like a non-negotiable for you every morning or like a full routine that you, you just do every morning because that's what sets you up for like a quote unquote good day or whatever you want to call it. Coffee. I, I definitely, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> so, so many stimulants. Um, this is something, <laughs> you know, this is actually something I've been thinking about the past couple months because with my quote unquote adult job now, um, the demand, like at Orange Theory, it was almost like on easy mode because it's like, okay, the, the schedule makes it easier but now i'm like shoot i have to get up early and drive 45 minutes right so i have to kind of find a way to rebuild my morning routine because i know it's so important but i know that when i'm 
actually on top of it and doing it well, the biggest thing for me is first off, not, not talking, not looking at any screen and then just read for about 15 minutes a day. Cause in the morning, your brain's in a state called alpha state where it's very, very good at, I guess, how to, how to put it. It's good at contemplating information. It's kind of like, um, people will get this when you're in a hot shower and you're just letting the water hit your head, your brain goes into that same state in the morning and you completely ruin it. If you start it off by watching TV or if you start it, you know, with like Instagram or something like that. So if you're able to get 10 or 15 minutes of, it, it can be journaling, it can be reading, but something where you're kind of processing thoughts, that is, that is your most optimal time to do that. Like, for sure. I'd say that's probably, for me, that is the number one thing you can do. After that, if you want to go work out, do something else that's good for you, that's great. But I would say start it with that for sure. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think that, like, I remember when, when you were at Orangeshire, like, reading every morning. And, like, you and I would always discuss books. And, like, that's something I miss because mm-hmm. I haven't been reading in the morning. Like, I've been doing meditation, which is still something. But, like, a lot of times meditations are on my phone. So I'm still like on my phone. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that something like that even just reminded me like that I should bring that piece back. I remember being very inspired by you, like waking up early to read for 10 minutes or whatever it is, or even taking like mm-hmm. what you're doing now, Andrew, taking 10 pages a day. That doesn't take that freaking long. Like I can do that. <laughs> I also work people that, home, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> people that say, re- Mina, isn't the thing Andrew and I always talk about like as an example, it's like, People that say like, oh, I just want to get into reading. It's like, <laughs> do you, okay, first off, ask yourself this. Do you, do you own a book? Yeah. Literally, I don't know. I don't know a single person that does not own one book. Just read, just read a couple pages. It takes 10 minutes. The person minutes, who like, owns a book that they've never read even. Like that's. Yeah, right. <laughs> Currently. Jeez, it takes 10, 10 minutes. Do you, you don't need to read the whole thing in one sitting the same thing with everything you don't need to become a master of something in a day just start with just begin do, um, just begin exactly that's huge honestly what you can do get a bookmark open up the first page read the title of the first chapter put the bookmark back in and don't open it until tomorrow because then at least you started something right it's there's so many times in my life where i've found out like just starting was the best course of action for me and it's it's set myself up for success like on a numerous number of occasions, including this podcast where we just like, we were like, how do we start a podcast? We didn't know how to do anything. And we're like, okay, let's just do our first one. And we didn't record it properly or save it the first time. And we totally screwed up for like an hour and a half, but guess what? We started it. And then we immediately Cam and I, while we were already tired and hungry, we did our second one, which was our first one. (laughs) And Now we're here. We thought like we would get like two and a half listeners like on a high day for a good podcast. And, you know, it's, it's more than two and a half. So that's pretty cool. I mean, (laughs) on some of our bigger ones, we have like 300 listens. We're like, who are you guys? Like who's listening to us? (laughs) Yeah. Right. I was like, do do, do we make bots to listen? Like, yeah. (laughs) Cam's at home refreshing. (laughs) It's actually just Cam and Abby listening. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. And they just, they discuss our topics together and that's how they become closer. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. That's funny. 
Um, so going into kind of back into like the more fitness industry, what do you think is one of like the biggest struggles that men face in like the health and fitness industry? Wow. The biggest, uh, what? I, one of the biggest struggles. Oh, biggest struggles. Okay. I think it depends on what phase of life you're in. Sure. Um, I think both men and women believe they, they fall into, I'm already breaking the rules, by the way. I already started talking about women. Um, so I think, I think everybody falls into the, this is what I should look like. And I don't look like this. So like, I'm never going to be happy with myself or whatever, or I have no idea. Like you feel stupid because you're, you don't understand how you can start to get to where you want to be from my personal opinion, at least. And it's just, it's, it's the model concept where you look at something that just seems so not tangible and unrealistic, or I hate when people complain about Photoshop all the time, but like it, that's a good example where things aren't realistic. And then even guys are like, dude, how do I do that? Like, why are there so many issues in fitness magazines about abs and getting like six pack abs? It's because it's not easy to do. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to accomplish. And then you don't understand and you get frustrated, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like the re one of the biggest reasons, like, we wanted to, like, do this and, like, pick your brains kind of on the male perspective is because everybody talks about how, you know, females are targeted. You know, the magazines are showing them this and how they're supposed to look and stuff like that. And I feel like men are so overlooked in that, that, like, I mean, you see Zac Efron and you're like, you know, you guys probably have the same thoughts as when we see like Jennifer Aniston Damn, at Daddy. 50, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like chasing that body goal. And I think that that's like not widely talked about. And again, maybe just because I'm so focused on the female side of it. Like, do you guys feel like you guys are overlooked in that sense that like you, you like men do have that same like stigmatism, yeah. Absolutely, I think there's like an inferiority complex too. Kind of like Cam talked about briefly, where he was like, "Hey, if I feel stronger than this one kid, I feel more confident." And when you're when you're not in that position, and maybe it's just like a masculine or a testosterone thing, but if you aren't perceived to be the the best in one direction or another when you're comparing yourself to another guy. I think that works on your mentality and your, um, your mindset. Like if somebody's a better speaker than me, I'm like, Oh shit. Like they can say things so much better than I can and connect to people better. Or if somebody has a better physique than I am, I'm like, man, I really have to work on myself to improve that. So I can bring myself up to a competitive uh, pace. What do you think, Cam? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the big things is like, if this is, this is true for, for I think anyone, if you are comparing yourself, to someone else that is that is almost always a bad idea whether it's you're the person that is like quote unquote better than them or if you're looking up to them both ways it's a really bad idea and I think I, I do think males do get overlooked in in some regards I, I think the the female side is a lot more uh, it's just a lot more public and people talk about it a lot more like yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, like but with anything literally with anything if if a female celebrity gains weight, she gets shit for it. When Adele <laughs> lost a bunch of weight, she also got shit for it. So it's like, yeah. okay, you are in a completely like lose lose situation. And I think um, with guys, it, it's it's 
kind of the same story, you know, like if you don't have big arms, wide shoulders, big chest and abs, you are, you know, less of a man, or it's kind of like, Oh, how much do you bench? Oh, I bench more than you. Therefore I'm better than you. And that, you can be 40 years old and think that, and it, it, it kind of tells me that you have the body of a 40 year old, but you have the brain and the maturity of a 16 year old. Right. So you, you didn't well, grow up in that mental aspect of it. Like seriously though, it's like, if you really think that you are better than someone because you can do more, I guess, physical things in them with guys, it's almost always lifting weights. Right. Um, but yeah, I, would, I think would you agree if, cam that there's like, you feel like there's, always at least a little bit of silent competition going on with most of your peers though in like a gym setting no i'm just talking about in, with with other guys where you can be you can be friends with people you can be acquaintances with people um business associates with people but there's always some type of um competition going on whether you're there's there's constant comparison in some way, shape, or form, even if it's not outwardly expressed. It can certainly feel that way. I think, you know, um, it's something that I think you are able to fight off a little bit and grow out of, but there's still kind of that, that deep underlying mentality. I think with guys a lot, um, I don't know if this is true for, for girls as well, but um, like money is a big one too. Like how much money you make. Cause there's this big um, stigma idea that, okay, men are supposed to be like the, like the breadwinners, which that I think that idea is starting to get more and more outdated. Um, it's kind of like an older people sort of thing, but, but it still runs deep in a lot of men today. Um, or, you know, Abby and I just bought, you know, six months ago or so we bought our first house. And so, and then talking about that, there's still that thing where it's like, oh, how much did you pay for yours? Where do you guys work? It's always like, oh, who's doing, who's doing the best, right? And, and you have to actively fight those, those things off, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it definitely is there. And I, I don't know, I think it's probably something across the board uh, between men and women, but it might change on the topic. Like, like Holly and Mary, I don't know if you guys can speak into this, but like, is, is money one of those things? Cause I think it's definitely a thing for guys for sure. I mean, I think it is in the realm that I'm in. So like, in terms of like who I follow on Instagram and, and things like that, like in that social media aspect, I follow so many people that are in the spiritual wellness community. And a lot of them are like coaches and things like that, like not fitness coaches, but like life coaches, business coaches, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this is how you get to your first 10K month, your first 6K month. If this is not what you're doing, this is, you're, you're not doing it right. So I feel like I definitely have that a lot on me. Um, and I can also feel it like in, in my relationship with Brandon, like, just like that money, like back and forth of like, who should be making more, I'm making more, is it worse? Or if he's making more, are we like in the stereotype? Like, I feel like that definitely exists. Even on my side, I think about it a lot. See, I would like kind of, I, I understand like what you're saying. I, in my own life, I don't agree in the sense that like, I don't feel like girls, or at least I'm not in competition with like my friends or anything to like who makes more money. Like I think that I could see that on a guy's perspective. I think in a relationship, it's definitely more prevalent for me. Like I make more than my significant other. And when he found that out, like I don't think he was very happy just because it, it, uh, it's that ego where it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be taking care of you. Whereas 
it's like a teamwork and we had to like really work on that where it's like no we're a team in this like this is you know me making more money is good for both of us like that's not like mm-hmm. a thing so I think like in a relationship aspect with like another guy I could see that but like with other females I don't really see that like competitive edge I mean I don't see it in like friendships like with us or like any mm-hmm. of my other like girlfriends I don't see it I see it when I'm like, like looking at Instagram like in the business realm I could see that yeah I would say Cam and I have a, a, a good level of healthy competition, but it's also, it's like friendly competition. Like we just like to trash talk each other and have fun <laughs> with things sometimes, but we're also, we know that we have each other's backs and we build each other up um, relentlessly. So Cam yeah. knows that I'm always going to have his back and vice versa. Now I can speak from, I'm a very competitive person in in many different aspects of my life. And I just know that that's, I'm always trying to be the best at, at something, um, whether we're talking about business relationships or whatever. So when I, when I'm in competition with people that I'm not, you know, close friends with, it's not that it's unfriendly competition, but I do have a drive to, to kill and to be better and to just absolutely destroy the competition. Um, <laughs> not in like a negative way, but I want to be, I have a hunger to be better. And I think, I don't think that women don't have that. There's definitely a lot of women who do have that. And I, I know a lot of women who have that as well, but I think it's um, definitely a, a guy thing that it's, it's pretty common too. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's tied to testosterone or maybe not. But. You see it in like your friendships, like still competition or is it like kind of how Holly said, like in a business aspect? For um, what? Like for money and like succeeding and things like that. Like, do you see it in your friendships more, or do you like you said, like it doesn't have to be someone you know. Like, do you see it more in your friendships, or do you see it more in like a business aspect, like your coworkers, your peers, that kind of thing? For for things like money, I think it, it's it's probably from a case to case basis. For myself, like if I'm talking about if Cam's making you know, a hundred thousand dollars more than me a year, I'm like, dude, good for you, way to go, dude, that's awesome. Now, if Cam lifts heavier than me, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna kick your face in, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop until that subsides, right? Um, but it's, I think, I think it depends. It's, it's all yeah. depending on what situation it is, who you're competing with, and what the stakes are. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, a really, a really terrible but also really funny example. One of the reasons, and I actually remember this, in when I had gotten back into fitness, or I guess for the first time, gotten back into it, when you're like never actually in it. <laughs> when I was when I was 19, I was like, I never, so I was never athletic, right? I also had never been considered, or I wouldn't consider myself like an attractive guy. And like, yeah, like I had some girlfriends and, you know, some girls liked me, but I was like, man, all, like some of these other guys, all these girls like them. And I was like, I just feel so shitty about myself that I don't have that type of attention. So that was one of my goals was to become like this cool macho guy um, that was successful in all these different areas, fitness being one of them in order to attract attention. So (laughs) I guess that's like an early, like I wanted girls attention. That was one of my original fitness intents as well as it's a, it's a great, um, example as to how competitive nature can be seen throughout you know guys because of course people talk about all the time guys especially young guys are competing against other young guys for female uh, attention right 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is a huge one. That's like another like workout one thing too, where it's like, if you, because <laughs> okay, this goes back to like guys, like like okay, so the the primitive brain or lizard brain, as you will, in guys is like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> the whole like alpha male hierarchy is is like totally a real thing, mm-hmm. and even yeah. if you're not like aware of it, right? So if you're and it's. Oh man, I wish I could like be a fly on the wall in high schools. I mean, not right now because none of them are like in session. But <laughs> if you have a guy that okay, so me and me and Andrew went to high school with this one guy. His name was Luke, and he was he was like in our in our group of circle or group of circle <laughs> group of friends. <laughs> our sir, <laughs> our friendship circle, right? So Luke Luke was he was really nice, great guy, ripped out of his mind, and he also had a lot of friends who were girls. So a lot of guys on the outside would be like, oh, man, dude, like, that's the guy right there. And, you know, like, little do they know, like, Luke was dealing with a bunch of his own shit, right? So everyone's thinking he's kind of like almost this, this alpha guy, you know, no one messes with him. And, um, and there's no reason to, right? There's, there's no competition. It, it, in our minds, it's like, oh, he's already won. He's like, he's like a ladies' man. You know, his, his parents are wealthy. He, like, looks good. It's like, damn. But um, so yeah, that's always going to exist, like competitively, like with like like with Andrew was saying, where it's like, okay, Luke might have big arms, like, but can I get mine bigger? And that's a really dangerous thing to do because, and I mean, I don't know if Andrew will be able to, you know, agree with this or not. But if you do have a goal that's based on that, when you finally get there, you're gonna learn that it's very unsatisfying. And it, and if you don't learn that it's unsatisfying you just go to the next one, then you're just gonna have this dangerous cycle where you might end up with a, a lot of material things and a great body. But then goes back to what I was saying earlier, when you are in that mental state of being, you know, when you're when you're alone in your thoughts, you'll realize, holy crap, this is this is all crumbling down on me. Right. So if you play that that alpha male game, um, you're you're gonna probably end up losing, even if you kinda end up winning, <laughs> you know. Um, at least if it's based off of those alpha stereotypes, right? Like, oh, I'm shredded. I got girls, money, all this stuff. It's like, ooh, ooh, that's not going to end up good for you in the long run. You know, no way. I would, I would disagree with you, Cam. I think I would, um, I would argue actually that almost any reason to, to make you competitive, to make you try to achieve something is a good reason. Because it, obviously not every single reason but even if it's not the best reason initially, like I wanted to impress girls, cool. Um, if it's used in the right way and it's you're seeing headway, you're seeing progress and you can transition it to other goals eventually because obviously that wasn't the, you know, Andrew hasn't been lifting weights for seven years now. Like and girls was the only thing that mattered, right? Um, but I think it, whatever it is, almost whatever it is. And as long as you use it properly and transition goals properly and find other reasons as well, that's important. So I think there's a lot of good reasons to do things. I think at the end of it, it's like you have to have that shift in mentality though. Like now you're not working out to impress girls. Like it's more like you did do that pivot. Like you found a different thing. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of what Cam is saying, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that like if you were still like trying to get there at the end of like oh I want girls to think I'm attractive and that was like your only goal, then like you're not satisfied at the end of it. Yeah, now exactly. I lift to impress guys. 
<laughs> no, that dude. That it's is like, so have true. Have you seen that meme where it's like, uh, it's like what guys expect? Like you, uh, and it's like a, a meme where a guy's like lifting a bunch of weight, and all these girls are talking to him, and then what actually happens? And it's like a guy lifted a bunch of weight, and there's a bunch of guys complimenting him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so. And that's another thing, like guys totally do, man. If if you see a guy in the gym that's got like massive arms or can lift a ton of weight, the amount of first off zero girls will go up to that guy like i've never seen a girl be like wow your arms are really big no it's always like her boyfriend that will like go over like, wow man like what's your nutrition plan you know but andrew, yeah like andrew, i think you actually just kind bro. of you andrew you kind of just like in my i mean maybe i miscommunicated what i was saying but like you kind of agreed with me where you did transition it and you used it into you know making a new a new goal. Now, if you switched your goal to like, okay, I need to make more money, but still to impress girls, you will constantly be dissatisfied in the long run. But if you can shift that into, holy crap, I, I was just working out for these, I guess you could say these vain reasons, but look what I just accomplished. Well, maybe I'm capable of doing more than I ever thought possible. You know, maybe I don't have to always be this undisciplined, lazy person. Maybe there's something I can actually you know, become, you know, and, and contribute back to the world. And I think I, I do agree with you, Andrew, that any, not any means, cause that could get weird, but um, <laughs> if, if, if you have to start with a not so good reason to get to a, your higher reason, I think, I think that's okay. I think that's where a lot of people start with fitness. Unless Who are we says, to determine what's, what's not a good reason though? Well, yeah, but I think it's safer for a guy to say that than it is for a girl to say that. Because like, for me, when I started my fitness journey, like I was chasing skinny, like just wanted to be skinny. Mm. And it was very detrimental, like starved myself, like went to the gym sure. day. Like, I think that by any means necessary, it, like you said, it could be a very unsafe thing. That's a mm -hmm. good point. What I would challenge you is, was the goal wrong? Or was it the motive that you went to get there or the mentality that you had. True. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that I didn't do it the proper way. Yeah. But I think that if all you want to be is skinny at the end of it, like it's not like healthy should be your goal rather than skinny. skinny. So, so the personal trainer side of me, and this is like what everybody would <laughs> like every personal trainer is trained to do this. Skinny wasn't the goal. What was the goal behind that then? Probably skinny. I'm pretty sure I'm still gonna sit, like. So, so I want to. I want to be big and jacked and and be attractive, right? So mm -hmm. I wanted to to be aesthetically attractive to other people, so that mm -hmm. they're attracted to me, and I had more influence, more friendships, more uh, whatever. So I know that it isn't just. I don't want to just have huge arms just to have huge arms. I know that there's there's major, you know, deeper meanings behind those things. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like for me, like I had the same thing where I like went about it very detrimentally, but like for me to be skinny was because I want to fit in with other girls. Like I've always had hips. I've always sure. had butt. And to me, that wasn't like pretty, like thankfully things have changed and I've like accepted my body. But like at that time mm -hmm. I wanted to be every other girl who was like just thin. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so the deeper meaning there would be to fit in more because you felt like you, you did not, unless you got to that point. Right. Point. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it would be like comfortability, like in your skin. Like if you're skinny, then you would automatically be comfortable with who you are. Sure. You have to worry about like true. 
yeah, you didn't have to worry about like sucking in or like, you know, wearing different clothes. Like everything would just fit magically at that point. You know, like that's how girls, I feel like, especially when you're younger, that's how your minds work. Well, that's, that's how one of my mindsets was, you know, in high school, I wasn't, you know, like, like I said, I started when I was 19. I remember having to, cause I, I fluctuated for sure. Cause I just didn't have any balance for fitness. I remember walking around high school, pulling my shirt off of my chest and off of my, um, my body, because I, I felt like, you know, it was sitting weird on me and like really like full realness. I thought that my, my nipples were like going to poke through or something like that. Or like <laughs> I, uh, or like my stomach was showing weird or something like that. Or I would wear, I went through this one phase in high school where I only wore, wore hoodies because I just didn't feel comfortable not wearing a hoodie. And I was like, like, dude, you just don't look good unless you're doing that. Um, and then you're like manageable in public. <laughs> so I think <laughs> you're manageable, but I think everybody has that too. But uh, the deeper meaning for sure, I think there's also, because we keep talking about what's the reason that you do something. I think that's kind of naive of us to all agree that there's, there's a singular meaning. I think there's oftentimes many different um, influences to, to creating something. Some have greater influence than others, but I don't think there's often very only one thing that we're like, all right, I hate this or I want this. So I'm going to make this happen. You know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I could go down a rabbit hole, but I'll stop it because like, I'm not going to take four hours of your guys' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to point something out. Can I, can I point oh, out something yeah. that um, Holly said? So this is, this is a really good conversation Andrew and I just had a couple of weeks ago. So, and this is where I think a lot of society is at right now in different, um, for different topics. It's, you have like the spectrum, right? And it's really big. And so Holly, you've said that you've now accepted your body, which, which is good. And I think in society and like on social media right now, there's this big movement of accepting your body and, and who you are and all this stuff. And then there's the other side where it's like, you always have to be getting better and striving to be a better person. Right. And I think this is just such a huge topic because, um, you know, if, if you try to think of how to say this, if you over accept who you are, then you might end up falling into a pattern of I'm accepting who I am, but I don't need to change. And I think if you can get to the sweet spot, but actually going back to what Mary said, you were like the other way. You're like, I need to change quickly. So I'm going to work out as much as I can. I'm going to starve myself and I'm going to take the fast track there. You completely like denied who you were like, no, I can't be like this. I have to be skinny. And it it didn't work. Not neither of them are where you want to live. You want to be in the middle where you're like, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna freak out. But what are some things I can do that will get me to my my next level? And the way I'm gonna get there is how I'm gonna stay there, right? So you're not gonna be able to starve yourself for the rest of your life. You're not gonna be able to work out three times a day for the rest of your life. That that's just not gonna work. You might get there, but then you're gonna like you're gonna swing back the mm-hmm. other way. So I think it'd be interesting for. I mean, I'd like to know, Marion, how you guys is. I guess responses like where where does someone or I guess how does someone accept who they are and also be kind of this this state of like like what Ed Milet would say like blissful dissatisfaction like you oh, like where you one. are but you're like ah, there's there's more to it there's more I can do all right let's hear it girls <laughs> I mean I think for me personally it was like and you know Cam I know you and I <laughs> A lot of long days at Orange Theory have probably talked about things oh, yeah. before. 
Um, but for me, it was like, for so long, I was in the same boat as Mary, where I was working out for like three hours a day. I was starving myself, um, counting every morsel of food that went into my body. And then I started swinging the other way of, I was like, just very grateful that I had a body that could move and things like that. But then I got too comfortable and I wasn't changing. So for me, it's been like, I know, like, even right now, I'm not like the body that I want to be at. But for me, it's been like, not not idealizing, I guess, like a certain weight or a certain body type because my body is not like anybody else's. And so it's like finding where I'm comfortable physically, but then if I get there, keep going mentally and spiritually. And like, obviously, like I'm very into like that spiritual side and like connecting with your spirit guides and all that crazy woo-woo stuff. Um, so to me, it's like, as I get closer to my physical fitness goals, it's like, how can I keep changing and opening up more to be like an intuit or a guide for other people in a different way? And so I think that's kind of how it's, it's shifted for me, um, focusing almost like less on the, the physical side. Like, obviously I still have goals, but it's just been a very different process for me because of like the spiritual nature that I've gotten into. So yeah. you're not as much into like the the eagles the eagles are safe around mary she's surrounded by birds that have run away. <laughs> um i would say i like still struggle with that aspect of like still wanting to push myself but also try to be happy in your skin type of thing and like i said i think that the easiest part of health is the gym portion like it especially if you like it um that's like the easiest part you go do a workout you're fine whatever but like figuring out what you want from your life and what you want from your body and like accepting yourself as a person over like you said like a six pack would be great but like if I hate myself at the end of it like I I've sat down with the fact that like if I go get my blood work done and I'm healthy like I'm very happy with that now like it's I'm not chasing a body type I'm chasing just being healthy and I think that that's like kind of where I'm at but like also I am a competitive person. Like I want to have those goals. I just listened to one of your guys' um, podcasts about like mistakes that you've made, like the biggest mistakes you've made in health and fitness. Huge and I, mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that like you're constantly going to be making mistakes. Like you're constantly going to be changing what your goals are and changing yeah. what you're chasing. And I think that especially for, I, I think for women, and I don't think that's fair for me to say because I don't know how you guys are on your side, you know, but for women, it's always chasing like, First, you have to be skinny, and then you have to have hips and a butt and a whatever. Like, it's constantly changing. So, you can't look at all of that stuff. Like, you have to decide, like, what you want from your life. And, like, mine's like, okay, like, I've got friends, I've got family. Like, I, like, I'm, I think I'm funny. So, like, those are things that, like, I care about. <laughs> like, like, if my body's, like, subpar compared to what I would like it to be, like, I can continue chasing my goals, but, like, not have like I you kind of touched on it cam like vain reasons for it and like having a six pack at the end of the day like what's that going to do for me you know and women's mm -hmm. women's bodies are so different that it's like one day I'd like to bear children you know and I know that my body's made a certain way like if I can't get rid of my stomach pooch like maybe it'll be a baby in there one day like maybe it'll have like these <laughs> things that I can create like finding like a different perspective about those things but I think that that's a good question because I don't know really right now I'm in a place where I'm like how do I push myself and not think like skinny 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 or like the fittest girl in the world you know the biggest butt and mm -hmm. 
so I, I definitely think that that's constantly like a, a struggle for me personally. Yeah, well, I, think, I, I think if you're I, chasing, if you're, go ahead, Andrew. I, I think once again, it goes back to mentality because I've had that as well. I think there's, if we go back to the dichotomy of, uh, of anything, mm-hmm. it's a balance between being outwardly competitive and being inwardly competitive. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is what I'll, I'll use when I'm coaching, <clears throat> excuse me, when I'm coaching my, my, uh, my P10 team, um, all my clients and all my friends that I work with, I say, Hey, let's continue to focus and train our mentality where we're in a positive sense, trying to make ourselves better and staying sharp and staying um, competitive because that's it's essential for progression. If we're not competitive, we're not trying to, to improve in a, a different direction. Um, week by week, month by month, we don't have incentivized or we, we are, we aren't incentivized to make progression. Right. And I, I feel that myself, I have a, I think a pretty healthy level of outward and inward competition. Um, yeah, I know Cam also has a lot of uh, inward competition and outward competition, but a great example would be everybody's different depending on what they do or how they, they attack their inward competition. Cam and I talk about this quite a bit. We talked about it recently. I'm very negative self-talk for myself, but it's not in a bad way. It works for me to, to create that competitive nature inside of myself. And Cam is very, I guess you could say positive. Where so I'll give my example, Cam, then you give your example as to what you do to get ready for a really good workout or whatever. Um, if I have something very tough coming up or if something actually there's two different directions I go with this, whatever is on my mind, one, if I'm, if I find myself slacking or I find myself with less than sharp mindsets, I trash talk myself. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like you're, you're you're thinking about taking it easy or like, you don't want to go on this walk or you don't want to go on this run or whatever, or you don't want to lift dude. you're a little bitch. Like, just get it done. Get into your mindset and make it happen. Uh, <laughs> or or I'll, I'll trash talk myself in a different way, but it's, it's uh, to a positive sense. And then also if I'm getting ready to hit a very heavy lift or something like that, I'll tell myself it's so easy. I'm like, dude, this is going to be the easiest thing you've ever done all day. Like no problem. I was a power lifter for a little bit of time and I, I did a competition and that's the mindset I, I had. I would get myself very high, very, um, high energy, high focus. And then I come in, let's say you're walking into the deadlift. I would put myself that mindset where this is going to be the easiest thing ever. And then I get down, get in form and lift and get it done. And that's how I performed best. Now, Cam, what do you do for both of those things? Yeah, me and so me and Andrew were training partner for, for quite some time. And it, man, it stuck out like a sore thumb when we'd work out, Andrew, I've actually like seen him about to squat and be like, come on, Andrew, you little bitch, you're gonna lift this way. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Andrew, <laughs> like, oh my word, what are you doing? Like, Self-love, Andrew, come on. You know, and then, um, cause for me, if, if I'm gonna go and do something challenging, whether it's a lift or whatever, I'll think I'm like, okay, this is like, this is not gonna be easy. Like I'm gonna have to give it my all here. Cause if I say, oh, this is lightweight, part of me is like, oh, I don't have to try. You know, but if I, if I give it, I guess in my mind, like the respect it deserves, I'm going to meet that level of effort or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I think that's one of the most important things. If someone's starting their fitness journey that they can learn about themselves is what 
what keeps you going? What's kind of that motivation that you need? Because if, if Andrew was my, my trainer and he motivated me the way he gets motivated, I, I would, I would like probably do one session with him. I'd be like, dude, that's like, I, I can't do that. You know? Okay. I don't, um, I don't do that to other people. That's just me. No, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not saying you do, but um, <laughs> that <laughs> I'm just saying, figuring out that mindset that, that keeps you going is so important. Like I think a lot of people, yeah. like we can get to the nutrition side a little bit here. Um, a lot of people will, will view like, okay, food is, is only fuel and that's it. It's like, okay, if you are someone who is able to do that over the long haul, then, then that's great. For me, I'm like, hey, yeah, food is fuel, but also like it's such a great time to sit down with people, enjoy their company, you know, enjoy the, the labor that went into making the food, right? And I think that's, you know, like, like Mary, what you were saying is working out is the easy part. That, that should be the fun part, right? Like, or at least hopefully you, you learn to enjoy it. But um, I think when food, so many people can get a really negative um, viewpoint on food or they'll, they'll view it as a, as a punishment, right? Like um, if, if someone, this is why quote unquote diets don't work, even though diet is just what you eat, because it, it'll be like punishing, like, oh man, I, I, had, a, I had a Snickers bar last night or I, I got McDonald's or whatever. And then you punish yourself by starving yourself the next day. Well, guess what? The following day you're starving. You're like, Oh my gosh, I'm like ravenously hungry. Right. And you start this massive pendulum. But I think if you view it more as, I don't know, just slowing, just slowing down and being like, okay, I kind of, I kind of messed up a little bit, but how do I get back on track? You need to figure out what that dialogue is. Now for Andrew, he might be like, wow, Andrew, what the hell are you doing? Like, why, like, why'd you do that? Like get, yeah, get your ass in gear for, for, yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. Right. So but for me, I'm like, I, I will acknowledge it. Be like, all right, Cam, like you shouldn't have done that. It's, it happened. It's okay. How are you going to prevent it the next time? Right? It, it, it's much more calming. Right. So I think if, if you guys can figure out what that dialogue looks like for you, man, that is one of the best tools you can have um, yeah. when it comes to your fitness. Well, I sure. think that we've all touched upon it. It's like your mental health, your nutrition, your exercise, you know, fitness, like it's a circle. If you mess up one of those and you know, if you don't have that on track, like you're going to, like you just said, you ate a Snickers bar. Now it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go spend three hours in the gym. Now you're wrecking your happy place, which is like the gym, you know, if it is, I guess it's not for everybody, but like mm -hmm. now you're wrecking your happy place because you messed up somewhere else. And then it's just a constant flow. And then your mental health gets wrecked because you're doing those things. And it's just, like you got to figure out how to talk to yourself in that sense without mm -hmm. everything. And if it's Andrew, like yours probably wouldn't work for me, but like it works for you. And that's great. Like that, that makes you healthy. Like that's your healthy way of doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that you touched on that too. It's like, we're all trying to find this right answer of what works for everywhere. Like for everyone, it's like, we're all like saying there's like one path, like it's the right way. And this is the right way. And you should be motivated this way. And it's like, it's so different for so many people. And I think that mm -hmm. we've all touched upon that. Like we all have very different yeah. journeys here. I think that's a huge takeaway from this too, to, to realize that it is very different. So mm -hmm. great point on that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I ate for the month of March, I ate nothing but meat, eggs, and cheese. I know. And I felt amazing. I know some people that if they eat meat, their stomach instantly gets upset. 
So to think that there is one way mm -hmm. of doing something is is pretty dangerous, mm -hmm. but you also don't want to make up like your own thing too much where you're kind of giving yourself an out, right? Like, yeah. oh, there's so many ways to do it. I'm going to get there by being completely undirected and do whatever I think feels good. Mm -hmm. You know, feeling good is, is not always... And, and I mean that by like giving into what you want to do because it feels good, right? Yeah. Like, cause those things are eventually probably going to lead you to an, an unhealthy place, which seems, it seems backwards. Yeah. But I think a lot of people today are like, Hey, you deserve to feel good. You deserve all this. You, but it's like, if you just chase that, exactly. You're going to end up like, you're not going to like who you are, mm -hmm. but then you'll think, but I deserve to feel good. It's like, well, you're doing things that are unhealthy, right? But so you have to sacrifice things now, but then who you end up becoming, it's like, oh my God, it is so much more worth it in the end. Yeah. And I think diet culture definitely makes it a lot easier for you to cop out because you use fancy words like, well, I'm intuitively eating. And it's like, are, oh. or are you just eating whatever you feel like? Like, are you doing it in a proper way or are you just... I deserve to eat this and I feel like eating that, you know, like I, think I deserve so this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hit him with it, Mary. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> oh, that's exactly. what I go to. I, I deserve this intuitively. People who can do intuitive eating are people who have like, people that I, that I know that I've heard of that do intuitive eating. They have like decades of experience of actually knowing what their body needs because other sure. people do intuitive eating, but it's more of like uh, temptation eating. It's like, yeah. oh, I could just really use this because I'm stressed, yeah. which I do. Like, like the other day, I knew I knew Abby was going to make this like bomb dinner, but I was like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. And I got Taco Bell. Like, what the hell? I wasn't that hungry. I just, it, it, it was intuitive because it felt <laughs> like it was coming from me, but really it was just like, I okay, need I was this right stressed. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally feel that. Like, and I've, I've done it too. And I think that, like I said, I think the diet culture gives you such a cop-out in so many different ways because they have all these scientific terms that are out there now that you can use mm -hmm. to kind of make it that way. Like, I think that a lot of people that I know who do, like, keto, like, are not doing it properly. Like, they're just going to McDonald's, mm -hmm. not getting it with the bun, you know? Like, that's not going <laughs> to do that. Like, but you I heard I, it here first, everybody. Mary's calling the diet culture soft. <laughs> She's calling it out. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I think that it's really easy to get around it. Like, I think that there's a no, lot of- No, I, I approve. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think he's like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's proper ways to do things, but I think that everybody, you know, we have this treat yourself mentality now, and yeah. it's hard to get around that. And the discipline is where you got to work at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of, one of the best things that, kind of keeps me like mentally not swinging one way or the other is this is one of the greatest, I guess, I don't know if it's an analogy or a metaphor or whatever the heck it is. But if, if you knew getting up at 3 a.m. and driving an hour to jump into a cold lake and then driving an hour back, if you did that every day, if you knew it would get you like the body of your dreams or the, the health that you want, whatever, it's like, would you do it? And for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. There's no way. Like, there's just no chance. And so I know, so like this is, cause you mentioned keto and I feel like everyone views keto or paleo or whole third, whatever these, you know, types of diets are. People always say it's, it's the only one that will work. 
Yeah. Well, if you if you know for a fact that you will not be able to sustain a ketogenic diet, then guess what? It's not the perfect diet mm-hmm. for you. And also doing your you know BS intuitive eating is probably not going to work for you, right? So um, it's just the whole thing of you know how how you um, get healthy and how you get to where you want to be has to be the same way of how you're going to stay there. If you're going to if you want to get a six pack by eating keto. Well, yeah, once you get the six pack, you're like, oh, hey, I did it. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Well, now you're not going to stay there, right? So you got you to gotta pause and yeah. be like, what, what's the long, what's my long-term goal here? You know, um, and come up with a plan that you know you, that you know you can do. Like, I'm not, I'm not no. going to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli every meal. I'm just, there's no way I'm doing it. There's no way I'm never going to not eat candy or pizza again, like, it's just not going to happen. Right. But how do I do that in a smart way? Yeah. And it's ever changing. I mean, like, I'm sure you saw going from like the fitness industry, like working in the fitness industry and then getting like a quote unquote, like corporate job. Like it's so different. You have to change everything that you do, like the way that you eat, when you eat the times, things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's constantly evolving. Like your diet's never going to stay exactly the same. Like I used to eat the chicken and broccoli and rice and that was my diet, you know, (laughs) Mm-hmm. But like, once I got a, like a real job, um, outside of like the YMCA, it was like, okay, well now like I need to figure out like meal prepping and like when I can eat and at what points during the day, because maybe 12 o'clock isn't going to work anymore. Like maybe I'm now eating mm-hmm. it too. Like it's, it's always pivoting, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Definitely. And, and the people you're surrounded by too have an effect. If you, if you work in the fitness space, everyone's like, yeah, fitness, like, we're going to encourage each other. And then you go work in a different industry and no one gives two shits. And you're like, but guys, (laughs) like it's free pizza though. You're not going to have any. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Everybody's trying to like derail other people's (laughs) aspirations for some reason. Yeah. Always. Um, Shitting on people for being healthy too. They're like, Oh, you're one of those healthy people. Aren't you? Yeah. Or like drinking. Oh, you're not drinking. Oh, are you pregnant? No one's right now. See, I was oh asked that God. last week. <laughs> what are you if you're if you're pregnant, <laughs> what you're not drinking? Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's crazy that people aren't as positive for like you know trying to be healthy in your life, especially I I can't imagine like starting now and like trying to do all that. Like we've had our ebbs and flows of you know messing up, and we've gotten to this point. But it's like there's people starting their journeys right now that are yeah. you know, being derailed by people being like, "Oh, you're gonna go to the gym? Why don't you just right. go with us?" Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's so crazy to me, like how judged you get for being healthy. Absolutely, mm-hmm. for sure. I think that's just, a that's a whole episode in itself. I, know, I was just gonna say. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I think there's one thing I learned today is that the four of us have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for real, that's like so common though. Where like. People just want to shit talk people who want to make healthy decisions and they're because it's against the grain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cam, do you know who I'm talking, who I'm thinking of? Somebody talked about that recently on a different podcast about the, was it Ed Milet? Like people want to hold you back. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, I mean, it probably was him. And I think a part of it is like, if people want to hold you back, like if it's like a family member, like, so going back to Andrew, um, Andrew, I don't know if you want to, share this but like 
there have been some members of Andrew's family that have been like, hey, I think you're getting like too fit or something like that, right? And I, which is just a ridiculous thing to say. But I think the people in your life, if they see you getting to a new level, it, it, it might freak them out for a couple of reasons. Like one, they might think like, oh, but like, are you going to be like a different person? Like, am I going to lose this person in my life, right? Because now you're changing and you're evolving. But then it also might make them look inwardly and be like, oh, well now, you know, like, do I have to change? Like, I, it, it's going to make them uncomfortable and question what, what they're doing, right? So if you're about to start your fitness journey, this might sound sad, but like, don't, ex don't expect people to fully support you because people, the, the number one thing they love is just being comfortable and not having things change. Like that's like the main goal yeah. of like for so many people is just be, just be happy and, and complacent. Right. So, and, and you, you only need a, you know, you only need like two or three people to root you on to be like, Hey, like I, I love who you're becoming and I love how you're challenging yourself. That can be enough to, you know, and, you know, if, if you have to cut someone out who's really trying to drag you down, then, you know, that's a conversation you, you might have to have. But it's, Dude, that's it's such either a good that, point. And that's, it's either that or you just say the same. That's why they try to drag you down, though, too, because they know that if you change and you change your, you know, the ways that you're doing things. Like, I used to go to the bar all the time and they were my bar buddy, you know, and it's like now I don't do that anymore. Like, that's kind of what we had in common. And, you know, they know that they're losing their friend that way. So they try to drag you back down so that they don't lose you. So I think that that's an excellent. Specifically, the, the quote that Ken was talking about was, um, so I, it's, I want to clear up that some people, and a lot of people I feel like in our lives, if we have people who love us and care about us a ton, um, they're going to try to share their opinions with us often. I think many of, many of them do. And even if intention is good, it isn't always the right thing to do. And maybe there's some things that they're not even realizing why they're saying it. Right. So when the silly thing that Cam was talking about was I I've lost quite a bit of body fat and I'm, I'm pretty lean right now. Um, and I, I, the lean, I'm the leanest I've ever been and the, the fittest I've ever been. And I'm continuing to challenge myself and progress in a very positive way, what I would consider. And I, like I talked about previously, I feel very good mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff. And uh, one of the concerns brought up was, Andrew, I really think you're being unhealthy about this. You know, you're getting really low in body fat. And like, if you get sick or something, like you're not gonna be able to fight off disease. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, so if, even if the, the intent is good, like you said, Mara, it's a lot of people are uncomfortable about that, like that change or like Cam was saying too, it's, and one thing that I've learned recently over this last year, and this has been so important and applicable to me, like Cam said, you only need like three people in your life to, to really accept and to, to challenge you and to um, push you to become better. I think that's true. And I would want to preach that you, you should be very careful and selective as to who you let into your inner circle for that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I have tons of friends. I have great relationships. I have an awesome family. But the people who I, I truly listen to about those things is much, much smaller than mm -hmm. for sure. outside of it. Because I know that if I allow somebody who loves me very much to say that to me, I'm going to be like, man, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe I need to pull back and not 
challenge myself and, and change as much as I thought that I should, which obviously isn't true. Yeah, for sure. sure. Kind of moving, uh, you know, towards the end, because I don't want to keep you guys here for hours. I've already learned we're going to have an episode two, so we're going to have a lot more questions. This is a fun one. Um, but because we've talked about your guys' podcast a little bit, can you give our listeners, for maybe who haven't heard your podcast, a little, you know, obviously we've talked about fitness and that's kind of the, the basis of your podcast, but a little bit about Fired Up and sort of what you guys do over there. Cam, you want me to do it? Go. I mean, it's it, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, we our goal is not just to give fitness advice because again, that that only goes so far. But it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where how do you build everything off of fitness? Like, if because you know, you might have a wide variety of people who listen to your podcast. Well you know, not everyone's looking for, Hey, how do you grow your arms super quick? But it might be like, Hey, how can you become a better, a better spouse, but learn that through fitness? Cause again, you, you do not have to be smart at all to learn stuff from fitness. Like if you, if you have a hard conversation coming up with someone and you do an extremely hard workout, you're, you might think like, Hey, I was able to do that really tough workout. Maybe I can have this really tough conversation. So Andrew and I, we, Personally, I think we do a, a few things. One, we just try to have a good time and make it fun and interesting. We try to teach a fitness principle, but then also kind of make it relative to other parts of your life. And then we try to do a challenge or a, a task at the end, right? Like one of our most recent ones was finding find that small thing, find, or find one of the areas in your life, right? It could be emotional, relational, spiritual, um, physical, choose one and choose one small thing. That's it, it seems so insignificant that it, it almost seems like it won't even matter and start doing that. And then, and then let it start to snowball. Right. So we try to, you know, just make it fun, but also you got to give something tangible, to do as well. So that's kind of what you get. And then, you know, Andrew and I have known each other for, for so long that, you know, there's, <laughs> we, we do shit talk each other quite a bit and, and try to make it, you know, funny and, and have some, some good banter in there as well. For sure. I mean, I feel like yeah. the, some of like the, I don't want to say comedy cause that's not the right word, but like I, <laughs> I guess when I'm on like walking and stuff like that and I'm like laughing and my neighbors probably think I'm a lunatic. <laughs> like bring like that fitness and like but you're like so lighthearted about it so that's why like yeah but who do you laugh at more cam or me yeah yeah who's funnier it depends like i, feel like I know cam better sometimes he'll say things and i'm like cam, right? <laughs> see that's the competitive that's the male competitive nature that we're uh we're showing as an example right here funny i'm in on that one i'm very competitive <laughs> Um, but a question that maybe you guys aren't as comfortable with, but a way that we have been liking to end our podcast as like our second last question here, what are three things you guys are grateful for each today? I know she gets me on this Ooh, one every time. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, I think I have for? at least, I think I have at least a, a, a couple, to at least one, I have at least one. Um, the first one would be that I... If, if your life is a bar stool, it has four legs, but you need at least three. 
and I have at least three people that are my my legs. So I have, I have Abby, and then I have my two Andrews, Andrew Hopple here, and I have another buddy, uh, another Andrew in New York, which I just think is so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have my, my Andrews and my Abby. Like, that's all I need, right? And so having those three really close relationships where I really feel like I can, I can share my struggles, my triumphs. You know, I know that if I get a win in life, those three people are not going to come, come at me with any sort of jealousy or, Oh, it must be nice. Or, you know, they're truly in my corner. Um, even when I'm, when I'm being stupid and when I'm being great, right. They are, they are there for me, which most people don't have. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, Another thing is, is the, the body that I have. I have a fully functioning body. Like, okay, sure. I can't eat dairy or walnuts. Right. But like, those are my two big, like physical things I can't do, which don't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, my, my wife, Abby has a lot of health issues, which, which can limit her. So when I, when I'm in the gym, um, I, I try to never view it as a, punishment but rather a like okay let's see like what what is my body capable of doing and if i do get a pr i'm like wow three months ago i wasn't able to do that and now i can what can i do in three months from now so i try to have that mentality just be grateful like like when i was at orange theory and doing a workout i if it was like the final all out or the final minute i'd be like cam there might be a day where you can't do this anymore so like it might really hurt and it might kind of suck right now, but I know if there's one day where I'm not able to work out, I want to be able to look back on my workouts and be like, wow, I really took advantage of it and was grateful for my body at that time. So that would be, that'd be the second thing. Um, and then, then the other one is just the, the like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So in, in high school, I did a couple trips um, to Haiti and, and seeing how people, the, I guess the material side of things um, and the lack thereof over there. Um, is just immense. And so even having, having a roof over my head, like the house that Abby and I just bought, sure. It was a huge, it was a huge fixer upper. Our road was under construction for the past four months. All these things, our house is covered in asbestos, right? Which is like super dangerous, <laughs> but still at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, right now it's snowing. I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not homeless. I have a roof over my head. And it's those very basic, basic things where I'm like, well, I, I have it all. I have it all. I don't, sure. I don't have six pack abs. I don't have a Lamborghini. I don't have all this stuff. I'm like, wow, I, I have a house. I have great relationships and I have a body that is cap capable of who knows what. Right. And that's kind of the, the fun part there. So th those are my three things for sure. You're very tapped into your root chakra, Kim. Um. <laughs> that's what I've been thinking. <laughs> what, 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 uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> My uh, what chakra? Like your, your root chakra. So that's like your bottom chakra. So at the base of your spine. So that's like feeling very comfortable in like your housing <laughs> and your financials and your like almost basically like your life. It's like your very human chakra. So not to get like totally out there, but as you're talking, like so many of those are grounded in like our very humanness. And like so many mm. people don't have that. They don't have financial stability, at least somewhat. They don't have a house. They don't have food, like those basic neat things. And like hearing that, I was like, Cam, so tapped into that route. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Very cool. Cam. I don't understand it, but I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a weirdo. Um, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> uh, 
three things that I'm grateful for. You don't have to be as deep as Tam's either. <laughs> yeah, if your root chakra shallow. is like weak, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My Andrew um, has no root chakra. <laughs> uh, very simply, I'm grateful for a career that I'm I'm passionate about because I know that isn't the case, like Cam talked about previously. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the experiences I've had previously in um, kind of creating this situation that I'm in. I kind of created this mindset as to where I wanted to be in five or six years when I first got into the fitness industry when I was 20. And I've followed the path that I created for myself and I'm here, which is incredible. It's, it's besides fitness, I mean, really fitness kind of taught me this doing the little things and creating that game plan for yourself. If we're talking about a personal training standpoint, a, a programming standpoint, if we create a great program for somebody to get from point A to point B, theoretically, if we follow all the steps, we're going to be able to get there. And I applied that to my life, my career, and now we're here. So it's, it's cool. And, and just continuing to, to build that rapport with yourself that, okay, well, if I want something, I can get there. If I just do the things that I need to do consistently. So I'm thankful for that for sure. It's a, a huge blessing. I'm also thankful for, like Cam said, the awesome relationships in my life. Um, when, when things go crazy in life, when things are kind of thrown at you in a curveball uh, way, having those solid few people who can back you up and talk you off a ledge, that's huge. And that's so big. So that's gigantic. And I'm thankful for where we are right now in life because after all the crazy shitty things personally and not so personally that have happened in 2020, it's helped me realign and refocus as to what's truly important for me and myself and what I want to accomplish in life. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can take 2020. Yeah. And if you've had a lot of positive or negative things in yourself, I've had a really tough one. But the the mindset and refocusing on what is the proper mindset is the most important part there, I think. So I'm thankful for my mindset. Awesome. Love that. Do you have any last notes before I ask my final question? No. I, you guys killed it. Like I could seriously talk to you guys for days because I love the different perspectives <laughs> y'all have and just like coming together and hearing all that. I think that talking to like-minded people like is definitely, especially in the fitness and health and like people who are passionate about that. Like I just like really get amped up about that. And you guys <laughs> probably the same. It's like one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm so glad you guys came on. And yeah. so finally, before I give, you know, all my thank yous to you both. <laughs> people find you how can people find fired up where, where can people connect with you guys at well our un, unactive instagram page <laughs> is i think i don't even know i think it's like fired up at podcast fired up IG. podcast ig yeah yeah you, you can follow it but we don't really out we, we suck at posting there but uh at i'm, I'm P10, really on p10 andrew underscore andrew cam is at i'm cam uh, at cam underscore hewitt with an ett none of this itt <laughs> bs not for me no way we'll leave everything in the show notes and then um for your podcast you guys are like on itunes spotify everything correct all the good stuff yeah 
all the main ones yeah officially without camp's permission we gotta we're gonna invite you guys on to do do a podcast with us over on fired up oh hell yeah have to send us dates and we're there (laughs) yeah and we'll have you guys back again like mary was saying thank you guys so much like I've been really looking forward since we decided we wanted a podcast. My first people that I was like, I want on are Cam and Andrew. Like I think you guys have a lot of like fun energy to you, but just because like that male female perspective is just something we can't capture. And so I've been like super excited to talk to you guys. And like, I was so excited. I like sent Cam my artwork and a million things one day. And I was like, can I have you on? (laughs) That was was, like one of the best things. I was like, oh my, like when you asked me, I think you asked like what what um like what like what software we use all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like so like like just I don't know, humbling. I was like, oh my gosh, she's asking like the biggest shithead in the world what <laughs> how to do I'm like what? <laughs> And then like the artwork, I was like, oh my gosh, they're already doing it better than us and they haven't even started yet. <laughs> Like, yeah, when you guys were on our podcast, you like there were notes, there was like prep. We're like, hey, what's up? How are we feeling today? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much again. Um, really grateful for you guys for taking the time. And part two will probably be coming sooner rather than later on our podcast <laughs> and part one on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thanks, guys. Wasn't that like the funnest episode ever? Literally, I could have talked to them for hours. We did talk to them for hours. We did. For sure. Like, I feel like I could have just kept going. And there were so many, like, nuggets that they gave me. And I was like, Holly, hold back. Like, I am taking up so much of their time. And they have other (laughs) things to do. (laughs) For real. I, I think that this is such an... Just if you're starting your fitness journey, or even if you're on it, to be honest, I think that there are so many good things to take away from this. Like, what Cam touched upon on, like, you know, just like find one thing and start doing it. And Andrew kind of mirrored that with the, you know, just get started, start something today. Yeah. And I think that that's like a perfect thing, no matter where you are in your journey. Yeah. And to take something from their podcast, since they were our guests today, let's do a little challenge at the end of ours. Obviously, I'm going to ask you a couple of things as I always do. Um, But what should our challenge be? What can we give our our listeners to kind of um, do for the next week until they hear us next time? I think just start something. I think that that was like the greatest thing, whether it's, you know, meditation or reading Reading. a book, like you said, like read the first page of a book and start there um, and let us know. I want to know like what you guys started, like tag us in your Instagram stories and like, let us know what you started. Yeah. Even if it's like you like read one page, like Cam said, and like Mary just said, or if you do one five minute walk like start something whether it's your physical health you know emotional mental spiritual whatever it is start something that's gonna benefit you in the long run yeah and i would love to see it so like i said tag us let us know are you gonna tell them what our instagram handle is or at get fitty with it pod yes and so to round out the episode as we always do uh what are three things you're grateful for this week mary I actually wrote this down this morning. I have been very bad at journaling lately, but I did it this morning. And I am so grateful for my dogs. I don't think that I would have been able to get through quarantine without them. They've just been, like, there during the times where you're crying for no reason. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, dogs are so, I don't know, we're so fortunate to have them. Animals in general, I think we don't deserve them. Um, I'm also so fortunate for my health. Um, I know a few people in my life who currently just got COVID. 
Um, and that's, you know, in the world that we're living in right now, that's a very scary thing. And so I'm very fortunate to be healthy and to, you know, have the immune system that I have and the, the ability to stay in a house and not have to go out to work. Um, so very grateful for that. And then I'm going to throw it over to my fiance. Um, he's a pain in my butt a lot, but I'm very grateful for him, especially this week. Um, it was a very stressful week at work and he just, you know, he didn't come at me with things like he cleaned our house, which was so nice. He vacuumed the floors, which is something I can't do. <laughs> um, and it was just like nice for him to, you know, go out of his way to do nice things for me when he knew that I was stressed and just to, he like came down and hugged me and I was like, like he didn't even know that I was stressed out. And he yeah. Just, he's like, can I just like have a hug? And I'm like, <laughs> so very grateful for him today. Um, how about you, Holly? What are you grateful for today? Um, I would say, so the first thing, which I voice memoed you the other day. So I had some like just crazy news this week with my aunt um, in terms of her health. And it got me really down the beginning of the week. Um, but it made me realize because of her and then my mom, who, you know, I've talked about too before, who's disabled, like very grateful that I have such an able body. And I think, you know, this is kind of something Cam mentioned too when I asked him, um, you know, I'm able to move my body every day. And that's something that I take for granted too often. So today I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I'm grateful I got my spin bike this week and I put it together yesterday. So I roped my fiance into doing it with me because I don't know how to put things together correctly <laughs> or I don't screw the screws in tight enough, um, which is why we don't sit at our kitchen table. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I had my first like Peloton spin class yesterday and it was amazing. So really grateful for that. And then lastly, I would say this week, I'm very grateful for the start of November, start of a new month. I love new months. And yesterday was a full moon. So it was very like rebirthing and just shedding out the old in with the new. And I really feel like I'm taking that into November with me. So I hope you guys, like I said, enjoyed this episode. You can find everything in the show notes and you can (laughs) email us any questions over at our email. At get or no, it's not an at. It's just me. <laughs> uh, one day we'll get this right. Um, get fitty with it pod at gmail.com. Yep, and then follow us on Instagram. Like we, like Mary said, share your challenge. What you start this week, we're really excited to see it. Um, and kind of seeing as we're going into you know the end of the year, beginning of 2021. What are the new challenges that you guys are going to bring in with you? Because you're going to start them this freaking week. Yes. So excited. We got this. Love you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.